live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Not that there's any moral victories in this, but you even look at some of the, the power rankings and the fact that they have us where they have us after being, you know, having one victory at this point shows that, you know, there's something that we're doing out there that people are taking notice of and just not finishing um, to, the, to the best of our abilities. We know that we're close, and again, we've already said this, close doesn't count, you know, it doesn't matter. Just win, baby. Here's your boy Q. We are live at Buffalo Wild Wings. It is our Friday spot. Excited about it as we prepare for the weekend. A lot of folks coming in town with the Raiders taking on the Houston Texans at Allegiant Stadium come Sunday. So we're excited about that opportunity, of course, to be back in the stadium for another football game. But we are excited to be here at Buffalo Wild Wings each and every week. We're at a different one today. We're at the Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle to be exact. Come on by, hang out with us. We just had my man Harry Ruiz spend a couple hours here hanging out, warming everything up for us. And now we're ready to really uh, get things cranked up and take it to uh, another level. We're at around a 7 right now. we got to get to about a 15 before this show is over, and that's what we plan on doing. We have a lot of prizes that we're going to give out. We have a lot of Raider hats. We've got a lot of Raider jerseys. We've got some Raider glasses, and it's all for you. It is that simple. It is all for you. There's nothing. You don't have to come in here and do a cartwheel. You don't have to come in here and say any magic words. You don't have to do anything but just come in and say, what up? And what I mean by what up is you don't even have to say that. Just come on by and get hooked up. You'll see us as soon as you walk in the door. You can't help but to uh, see us and everyone frantically uh, running circles around us try- trying to get things taken care of here at the uh, at the table. So uh, we're, we're having a good time, and we're going to have a good time, like I said, getting you prepared for the weekend, and there's plenty of action to get ready for. College football all weekend long, NFL action all weekend long, basketball's back, the postseason as far as baseball's back, but of course we are focused and we are excited and pumped up about the Silver and Black and their next opportunity to take the field on Sunday afternoon. 105 is the kickoff time, 105. Put that in your phone, put that in your alarm, set it up, whatever you got to do, 105. The last couple home games for the Raiders have been 125 kickoffs, and so sometimes it's easy to get into that same rut of, oh, yeah, kickoffs at 125, kickoffs at 125, and then all of a sudden you arrive a little bit late. So we want to make sure that you don't miss out on anything. You get there early and uh, stay late. And hopefully you're staying late because you're having a celebration with the Raiders picking up their second victory of the season as they host the Houston Texans come Sunday. So plenty to get to on today's show. Again, we're here at Buffalo Wild Wings. We've got a ton of prizes to give out. It's so funny. We have so much great food sitting on a, a table right across from me. We've got so many great uh, items from Buffalo Wild Wings. But I'm one of those guys that when I'm doing the show, I can't eat. Right? I can't eat because I'm talking and I'm talking and I'm interacting and it just throws me off. And so uh, we have a bunch of food that uh, we're going to have uh, some folks eating on. Some, uh, you know, our guys here, Angel, my man Brian and others are going to be uh, enjoying. But it's so, it's so funny. I, I look at all this good food and realize, man, you know, now that I'm on the air, there's nothing I can do with it until I get off. But that's okay. That's a, that's a me problem, right? I'll worry about that at another time. You come on by, hang out with us, and, uh, hell, get some of this good food and prepare yourself for the weekend. Get some of this good drink specials and definitely take home some of these prizes that we have. We have a ton of them, and we want to make sure that we don't take any home with us. So uh, come on by. Again, Buffalo Wild Wings, the Galleria Mall, uh, 617 Mall Circle. Mall Ring Circle is the exact address. If you're not familiar, you can put it in your GPS, and it'll take you right to me. <laughs> Believe me, I've been here over a year and some change, and I still jump it in, drop it in the GPS and let it take me where I got to go. It's just how I roll. So uh, come on by and say what's up, and we're going to get you taken care of 
throughout the course of the afternoon. Coming up on the show today, we've got a bunch of good guests to get to, as we do each and every day. Our good friend Nick Shook from NFL Network, he's going to join us at 2.30 to talk all things NFL. Of course, we'll talk about the opportunity that the Raiders have coming off the bye week, starting with the Texans, talk about the schedule, what everyone's been saying, that this is the easier part of the schedule. I don't really subscribe to the easy word, but still, you know, it's that schedule that's a, a little bit more favorable for the silver and black. So we'll talk to Nick about that. We'll also talk about the big trade that the Niners made last night for Christian McCaffrey, picking him up from the Carolina Panthers. And remember, Raider Nation, just a couple days ago, if you had joined us, we had uh, Sheena Quick on. Uh, she covers the Panthers there in Carolina, and I talked about Christian McCaffrey. I talked about Brian Burns. I talked about Robbie Anderson. Matter of fact, it was on, uh, it was on Monday because Robbie Anderson got traded that day after having the uh, sideline uh, blow up with his wide receivers coach. And so, uh, yeah, I was talking about guys that could be potentially on the way out. There's still other guys on that Panthers roster that I would not be shocked to see them moved, and so that's why we talk to folks like Sheena to get the information, get the intel, and look, boom, all of a sudden, apparently the Raider, uh, the, uh, the Niners and the Rams were in competition for one Christian McCaffrey, and uh, Carolina got a nice little haul for a receiver that is often injured. As soon as that uh, news came out last night during Thursday Night Football that C-Mac was headed back to the Bay and headed to the 49ers, I said, oh, that's, that's cool. Christian McCaffrey will be at Allegiant Stadium on, you know, the first of the year against the, you know, facing the, the Raiders when the Niners come to town. And everybody to a T tweeted me and said, yeah, if he's not on IR already, if he's not injured already. And unfortunately for Christian McCaffrey, that's the story of his career. Great talent, often injured. So Carolina got a heck of a, a haul in return for him. And the 49ers, if he's healthy and if he's, you know, doing what he's supposed to do, they got a hell of a weapon for Kyle Shanahan. So uh, we'll talk about that trade, and we'll talk about other potential trades that could happen between now and the November 1st trade deadline in the NFL. We'll do that with Nick Shook coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, our good friend Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com. She'll join the show. She might actually be here. You never know with Cassie. She might show up here. She might uh, call in. We might have to call her. Who knows? But uh, Cassie, we, we've been you know texting back and forth, and so there's a good chance that she might actually be here at Buffalo Wild Wings talking with us, talking shop with us. But if not, she'll just be on the phone lines talking with us, uh, talking some Raiders and see what she thinks about the game coming up on Sunday against Houston. So uh, Cassie Soto will join us at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, we rescheduled our interview with uh, J.P. Finley from 106.7 The Fan in D.C. and NBC7 or NBCS Washington uh, from, what was it, Wednesday, DeMond, I believe. Wednesday we had him on, and then all of a sudden Roger Goodell started talking, so he had to go real quick, fast, in a hurry. So uh, we, we rescheduled that. We got it all hooked up. He'll join us at 3.30. We'll get an update on everything going on in the league when it comes to the Washington football team. You know, and it, it's so it's crazy how things all tie together. But, you know, what's going on there in D.C. with the Washington football team, or the commanders, actually, I should say, uh, actually has to do with uh, John Gruden as well. You know, there's some, some reports out. John Gruden just had another... Uh, uh, trial the other day, not trial, but he uh, court appearance, and uh, basically the judge is saying, no, NFL, what you want us to do in this situation, we're not going to do. So uh, John Gruden is digging his uh, his heels in as far as the as far as the the lawsuit he has going against the NFL, and right now it looks like he's in a really good position. But I bring that up to tell you that everything ties together. What's going on with Gruden goes on with Washington. What goes on with Washington goes on with Gruden. And so uh, when we talk to JP at 3.30, we'll get his thoughts on what's going on with Daniel Snyder and company and how that ties into the Raiders, how it ties into former Raider head coach John Gruden and a whole lot more. That's at 3.30. At 4.30, you know we do it each and every Friday. We have Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He'll tell you where to, uh, how to lay the money, where to lay the money at so you can get some extra money in your pocket this weekend and uh, earn a little something-something. DeMond, I'll just go ahead. Spoiler alert, I'm not going to ask him about UNLV Notre Dame. 
not going to ask him about that game. Um, I don't even care what the point spread is. Um, I don't want to do that to you. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking about this earlier today. Maybe I could do the self-jinx bet money on on Notre Dame, and then if UNLV does win, you know, maybe maybe me putting $20 down could be the deciding factor. You know, the self-jinx. No, no. Bet against not, my team and hope gonna, that they win. That's not, that's not going to that's not gonna work, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm the first guy to tell you doing weird stuff is cool, because, especially if it works, doing weird stuff is cool. But that, it don't matter how weird you get, that ain't going to happen. It ain't going to work. There's no way that Notre Dame is going to let UNLV roll into South Bend and beat them. It's just not going to happen. So I'm not going to even ask Lee Sterling about that. We'll ask some college games. We'll ask some NFL games. But UNLV and Notre Dame, I'm not touching that. Usually we talk about that each and every week. But uh, we're not going to do that this week. I, I refuse to go there. We will ask him about the Raiders, though. Raiders and Texans. And right now the Raiders are seven-point favorites, man. That's a big, that's a big spread. In the NFL, in the college, it's not a big spread. In the NFL, that's a big spread, especially for two teams that both only have one win on the season. Uh, I do believe that the Raiders could easily go in, like we've talked about many times. They can go in there and win it by 14 points, if not more. They could. We just haven't seen it consistently yet. So, you know, I'm hoping, as you mentioned yesterday, DeMond, that you don't want to see a close game. You want to see a pretty dominating game on Sunday with the Raiders and Texans. I do as well. But, man, my gut feeling tells me it's going to probably end up being a close game as well. Now, I don't know if it's going to be seven points. I don't know if it's going to be three points. I don't know if it's going to – what is going to be, six points. I don't know. But just gut feeling tells me it's going to be closer than that seven-point spread. You say that, but I just said it, I set a score in my head. It doesn't need to be the exact score. But 27-17 doesn't sound improbable. No, it doesn't. I just know this team's um, ability to allow teams to hang around, Right. You know, it's, it's similar to, and I don't know how much NBA you've been watching. It's early in the season, but I was watching the Lakers and the Clippers, and the Clippers should have beat the brakes off the Lakers last night. Should have beat the brakes off them, and they just allowed them to hang around and hang around and hang around. Then also you look up, and you're like, oh, blank. The Lakers might win this game. They didn't, but, I mean, it's just, you know what I mean? It was like one of those situations where when you have a chance to put a team away, you've got to do it. I don't care what sport it is, man. You've got to do it. And the Raiders just, when they get up, they don't, they don't, Step on the neck. And, you know, as, as much as I just want to put it out there like that, just step on their neck and just end it. Finish them like the old school video game. That's what, you know, I really want to see. We talked about what we want to see on Sunday. I want to see them get up on a team and just finish them. Just step on their neck and call it a day. So that's, that's, uh, that's part of it. But we got plenty to get to on the show. Like I mentioned, Nick Shook will join us from NFL Network at 2.30. Cassie Soto at 3 o'clock. J.P. Finley from uh, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. at 3.30. And then Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com at 4.30. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So you know what it is, Raider Nation. It is Friday. It is before a game week, so I always want to know what the keys to victory are going to be. What is it going to take for the Raiders to go and get a victory? And I say go. They don't have to go far. They're at home. They're at Allegiant Stadium. What is going to take for them to pick up a W? It's that simple. And I want to go ahead and throw this out there because yesterday when I talked about what I want to see and I I mentioned run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, I'm going to just go ahead and say that that's going to be the biggest key is being able to have the ability to run the rock, uh, you know, against the Houston Texans. And Houston's not good at stopping the run. Now, I know that they know that. And I know that they realize that the way that the Raiders butter their bread is by way of Josh Jacobs right now. That's what we've seen the last few weeks, right, the last few games. Josh Jacobs has had his way. So – 
they know that. So they're going to obviously do everything they can to slow it down. But DJ Bienname, who we had on the show yesterday talking about the Houston Texans, put out this nugget. And I want to pass this along before we start taking your calls and getting your texts at 702-365-9200. And also uh, the text line at 69187, keyword r and if you're just tuning in, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall. Uh, come on by here and get hooked up. we got a ton of prizes for you. But here's a nugget from DJ Bienname, uh, who covers the Houston Texans for ESPN, does a fantastic job. He said, hashtag Texans, defensive thoughts against the Raiders. The Texans call a lot of two high shell looks, 96 times, six most in the NFL, and they've only played five games. Carr, against the two high, has one touchdown to three interceptions and is completing only 61% of his passes with a 6.6 yards per percent average. Texans hold quarterbacks to 55% and have snagged four interceptions with that look. All right, so that's a good positive nugget for the Texans as far as their defense goes with that two high safety look, right, with that two high shell that he's talking about. Then DJ goes on and says, but Josh Jacobs is totting, totting, sorry, Josh Jacobs is toting that thing against two high averaging 6.3 against it, top 10 among running backs. And he has, has the most carries against the two high look with 60. Can't wait to see that chess match between Lovey and Josh McDaniels. So there you go. The Texans love to run that two high shell look, right? They're very successful when it's come to slow down the passing game. But they're not very good stopping the run, and Josh Jacobs thrives when they have that two-high shell look. He thrives on the ground in that look. I mean, 6.3 yards a carry? 6.3 yards a carry? This ought to be a game almost like what uh, head coach Josh McDaniels did when he was still in New England as the offensive coordinator where he just ran the ball like 60-something times. Run, 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 run. Of course, now Lovey Smith is no dummy, all right? He's not a dummy. He's not just going to let him do what they want to do and just get away with it. But that's got to be. I mean, that just has to be. That has to be the base of what the Raiders are going to do in this game offensively. So I'm looking for the keys of the game. I want to know offensively. I want to do defensively. Overall, what are your thoughts? What are the keys to the game? But I'll start off everything just like I did yesterday. Offensively, it's got to be a heavy dose of the run game. Josh Jacobs, Zamir White, uh, Brandon Bolden, I don't, I don't, Britton Brown. Hell, I don't care if every running back in the stable touches the ball on Sunday. They've got to have a heavy dose of the run game. It's just got to be that simple. But, Damon, I'll, I'll defer to you next. What do you think as far as the, uh, the game plan? What have got to be the keys to victory for the Raiders on Sunday? Well, like you said, and you give rattling off the stats that DJ gave on Twitter, it's got to be run the ball. I know it's not as simple as it sounds, but Josh Jacobs, he has been a top 10 back in the league. And with the 6.3 against the too high look, you've got to feed Josh Jacobs the ball. But also... Get play action going. When we had Seth on early, he said that the run game, you don't need to run the ball well to do play action. It just needs to be the threat of the run game. And with Josh Jacobs having, having such a successful season, I do think that those play action opportunities are going to be available for the, for the Raiders just because of the threat of Josh Jacobs breaking off a big one. Right. And, you know, the thing about it is you don't have to have a, a really good run game to be able to be successful in play action. But if you do, think about how much stronger that play action will be, right? Just think about that. If Josh Jacobs is all of a sudden carrying the ball and he's running downhill and, and they just really are, are, are struggling, all of a sudden you do a little play action and they're selling out to try to stop that, Devontae Adams is open. Hunter Renfro is open. Somebody is open, right? And if not, Derek Carr can get the ball to him. So I think that that's why it's the base has got to be starting with the run game because then it evolves into the play action. Then all of a sudden you're really balanced. Again, I go back to that 55 number. Look for 55. Carries and completions carries and completions the numbers got to be 55 Raider Nation I challenge you on Sunday if you're at the game or if you're at home watching it 
You keep track of the numbers of carries and completions, and if it equals 55 or really close to it, the Raiders are going to win that game. We'll talk about it on Monday. We'll talk about it. We'll break it down on Monday. But I feel very confident in telling you, the closer they get to 55, if not going over like they did against Denver, the only game that they've won this season, they're going to win that game. Every game that they've lost, the four they dropped, they haven't been anywhere close to 55. Just didn't throw it out there. And Q, do a little homework for the fans as well. Since the Raiders have the afternoon game, look at the winners in that morning game yep. in all the morning games and see if they add up to 55 too. So I'll be doing that just to see going into the Raiders afternoon game. All right, let's see what that 55 number looked like for the other teams that played in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And let me do, let me do a little bit of the, the homework for you. And this is something that I was trying to bring up on the show yesterday, and I failed to bring my, uh, my little notes with me, which is very rare. But going back to last week, let me just tell you, some of the marquee games, Buffalo and Kansas City, remember Buffalo won that game? Their total number, carries and, catch, uh, carries and completions, was 58. Kansas City, 43. The Eagles in Dallas, remember that was a big game. Eagles won that one. Their ca- completions and carries, 54. Dallas, 44. Uh, how about the Jets in Green Bay? This was one that was actually an anomaly. Green Bay had 48 and the Jets had 43, and Green Bay lost. So there you go. Obviously, it doesn't work every single time. New England and Cleveland, that was a big win right there. Remember, uh, New England did a hell of a job with them. 53 was their number. Cleveland only had 39. So, I mean, it's just I'm not an analytics guy. We know that. We talked to Seth earlier in the week, and I admit it. I'm not an analytics guy. But sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, 1 plus 1 equals 2, right? And, and we don't have to do any more than that. So uh, just want to throw that out there to you. Keys to victory for the Raiders. What do they need to do to get this W on Sunday? That I'll tell you right now, at 217 on Friday, I feel very confident they're going to get on Sunday. I really do. I believe at this time on Monday, we're going to be talking about a W. When I'm at the OYO, I believe we'll be talking about handing out game balls and who deserved a game ball. I really do. But first thing first, they got to go get that W. And on top of that, i got to go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, North Cal Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Just kidding. He's gone. Raider Fish in Berkeley, you're up next. What's up, brother? Hey, uh, right on, fellas. So, first and foremost, coming off a of bye week, man, it's imperative that we uh, we get this W. That's number one. But some of the keys to the game, according to me, um, we have to establish our bread and butter plays in the purple zone. It's so red, it's purple. So, seven-yard line to the goal line. I don't see us having some established bread and better old school 14 blast, Zach Crockett up the middle type of deal. We need to establish some red zone plays that are go-tos. We don't care if they know it's coming. Can you stop it? We, I hope we have developed those. Now, uh, I think DeMond said it earlier, this is one of these cliche games. Everybody can regurgitate what they've heard. You don't even have to know football to know that the key to this game is you're going to run, 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 and boom! Hit him over the top with the kill shot. That's it. Run the ball, set up that pay play, uh, pass play action, and that's it. And I agree with you, man. Kill that. Almost, um, boys, yeah. almost profane. I'm ready. Yeah, hey, I got you. Go Raider. There he goes. Raider Fish in Berkeley. Thank you. Run, 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 and go for the kill shot. Absolutely. I really think it's that easy. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. Hey, Q in the month. Thank you for taking my call. Now, I, I'm completely in agreement with you guys and Raider Fish. We've got to run. For me, it's more of a focus on, like you, were, like you guys were just mentioning, run to set up that play action. I want, to, I, want, I want them to try to engage Aiden in the box so we can open up the outside. 
I think the screen game can come back now, but for actual games, if we can get that run, and we're, they've seen the run game going, if we can get that play action going and that opens up the screen, it opens up the whole game. I mean, everybody who knows a little bit about football knows that. Another key for me is for us to win the chess match. I want to finally see McDaniels win that chess match first quarter, adjustment at the half, and or uh, first half, adjustment at the half and the second half. It's, tie, it's high time that the foot stays on the throttle, the boot stays on the neck, whatever colloquialism you want to use, use it. But get the dang game under control early and keep it there. I want to win comfortably. I'm not saying we're going to blow somebody out, but if we, you know, 34-20 in, in Raiders' favor would be great for me. All like, right. You know, for one. Uh, and on defense, con- consistency in the red zone, please. Get Don't just get a stop here and there. Get stops throughout the whole game. Come on, guys. Let's be consistent. Thank you guys for taking my call. Have a great day. Good stuff, good stuff. I like that you brought up the defense. And one of the keys for me defensively is you got to stop the run. You know, as I'm talking about the Raiders running the ball, Damian Pierce is going to try to run, 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 run the ball as well. Davis Mills, I don't believe, can beat the Raiders. And and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I know he's an NFL quarterback, but every quarterback's not created equal. Davis Mills, especially after talking to many people that cover the, the Texans, he's taking a step back this year. So if he's taking a step back, make him beat you, right? Don't let Damian Pierce go, what's up, Doc? Let's uh, Raider Nation just walked into the building here at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall. Going to come get hooked up with some prizes. But, yeah, make Davis Mills beat you. What's up, brother? What's up, boss? Doing all right? What's up, boss? You all right? All right? Good. Yeah, you got to make Davis Mills beat you. You just, you just have to. Damian Pierce, you know that that's what they want to do. You know that they want to run him, run him, and take the air out of the game. They really want to do that. Well, don't let them do that. You know, it, whatever you got to do. And I think the Raiders have done that. The one thing I feel pretty confident about, the Raiders have done a pretty good job against the run. I know in certain games it gets out of hand at a certain point, but for the most part, I think they did, even against Derrick Henry, right? And, Damon, you, you can co-sign on that or not. I think they did a pretty good job with Derrick Henry, right? I mean, I, I don't think it was where it was out of control. I don't know the exact numbers, but what were your thoughts? I mean, you're a Titans fan. I know you're, you want Derrick Henry to run all over him. I thought, he, I thought they did okay with him. They did okay during the second half because, like Patrick Graham said, when he yeah. had the post-game, well, you know, his post-press conference, when he said, hey, that's what makes football fun is making adjustments. And Patrick Graham, he's shown at least he can make the adjustments if a team jumps out early. He can yeah. make those adjustments, and that's what he did against Derrick Henry because no other in those first two games that the Titans had, they, didn't, they weren't throwing Derrick Henry the ball. Right. And then against the Raiders, they said, hey, we're going to throw him the ball, and the Raiders weren't ready for that. So that's they true. were able to get him going early, but Patrick Graham did make some adjustments and shut him down. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They they uh, they did allow him to start getting catching some passes, and he started having his way that way, uh, and that hadn't happened throughout the course of the year. So, uh, yeah, defensively, obviously, they got to put in work as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's some that's some uh, that's some good stuff. Way to get us started. Mailman Raider hit us up at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R Q. I had a bold prediction saying that Jacobs was going to run for one seventy five, but after hearing that tweet, I don't think it's so bold. One key to victory for me is don't let Pierce beat us. Let Mills try that. Exactly. Exactly right. I agree 100%. Uh, got a text from the 916. No one cares how close. What matters is we win. I don't care how it gets done. That's fine. That's fine. I, 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 I'm saying that they should go out there, and I'd like to see a dominating victory because I believe they're that much better than this team coming in. right? And so you don't want to do what the Raiders do all the time, which is what? Play to the level of competition. They do that more times than not. So that's why I think that they need to go out there 
and have a dominating victory. But I just know how this team goes, and I know that that just doesn't happen very often. And, of course, the NFL, no one's going to just quit. They're, at least they're not supposed to go out there and quit and, you know, and just throw in the towel and say, okay, you got us. You know? and so I know Lovey Smith is going to have his guys competing, but the talent level is not even close. You look across the board, I mean, yeah, they have Brandon Cooks. That's a really good wide receiver, fast dude. But their quarterback is, you know, he's just a guy. He's a jag. He's just another guy, right? Damian Pierce, very talented dude. But everyone else is just ho-hum when it comes to offense. Defense, they got some guys in the secondary. But if you run the rock, they're not intercepting any passes. They got six interceptions on the season. They're not picking the ball off if you're running the ball and you're, and you're very heavy with the run game. So that's what I'm talking about. Of course, a victory is a victory. You want to win any way you can. But I will say, on a side note to that, and DeMond, I'm sure you know where I'm going, we say that a W is a W, but I remember, I recall, the Raiders getting a bunch of just, hey, found a way to get a W last year, and everybody and their mother was calling in complaining about the style of, of victory. A- am I wrong? You're not wrong at all. <laughs> but Because so, like you said, if they were just, you got to beat the bad teams. You yes. don't want to just, hey, if the Texans are the worst team in the AFC, which they very well could be. Right. Hey, man, we barely beat the Texans. What does that say about you if you're barely beating the Texans? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The teams that you're supposed to beat, you're supposed to beat them. And then the ones that you're supposed to have, you know, a real uh, a, a shot in, like the Kansas City Chiefs, okay, that's a 50-50 game. And they damn near won that game. So you don't come off that game against Kansas City and then barely squeak by the Texans. You just don't. And maybe I have too much confidence in, in the Raiders in this game. Maybe my confidence is too high. But I, I just I believe that they're way more talented. It's just that simple. And so, I mean, I, I'm talking about I, I shouldn't be surprised that they come away with a victory on Sunday. I shouldn't at all. We'll see how it goes. Of course, they got to play the game, but that's just the gut feeling that I have. Uh, one more text. Glenn in San Jose, he chimed in and said, what up, Q? What up, DeMond? Raiders should just keep running the ball with Jacobs, maybe give Zeus about 8 to 10 carries, and the D-line should have a breakout game against the Texans' offensive line. They need to make a damn statement. And that's going back to what we were just talking about, right? At some point, the Raiders need to make a statement and say, hey, you know, we are a talented team. We are way better than that 1-4 record than, uh, that they showed early in the season. We're, we got a lot of talent. We're going to put it together. But I can say that. You can say that. We could all say that. It don't matter who it is. Jim Trotter, NFL Network. He was just here at, a, you know, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. He got to talk to a bunch of Raiders in the locker room, and he's very high on the team. And the confidence level with the players is really high. He thinks they can rattle off six in a row. I mean, we all could be as positive as we want to be. It's up to those guys on the field and the coaches on the sideline to make the calls and put them in the right position and actually go out there and do it. It's, you just got to go, and just like Nike says, it's so simple and it's so clever, just do it. Simple as that. Just do it. 2.26 at the time. What we're going to do as we're live at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall, going to take a quick break, come back and talk with Nick Shook from NFL Network, get his thoughts on the whole NFL, the Christian McCaffrey trade, what he thinks about the Raiders as they get ready to start the second half of their season against the Houston Texans. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Buffalo Wild Wings is our Friday night spot. This is where we get down. Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall is our location today, 617 Mall Ring Circle. We're hanging out. We'll be here till at least 5 p.m. 
Come on by and get your weekend started off right like my guy all day, Raider A. He's in the building having a good time. Right now on the phone line is our good friend Nick Shook from NFL Network. And, Nick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. Thursday Night Football got week seven of the, of the week of the year already started. What have you learned about teams? Is there anything that stood out to you in a major way about the first, uh, well, basically six and a half weeks of uh, NFL action so far? What I've learned is that there's the haves and the have-nots, and there's a whole lot of have-nots, and we don't really know all that much about them when it comes to trying to predict who's going to beat who. Because I do predictions every week. And let me tell you, it's, uh, it's been kind of ugly at times this season <laughs> because as soon as you go into a game, you think, oh, well, they don't have a chance, and they go win the game. The Jaguars did it to us early in the season by scoring a couple of resounding victories, and they've since come back to earth. The Colts kind of in the opposite direction where you saw them early struggling and you thought, well, uh, maybe they're not going anywhere fast this year, and then they've been able to string some wins together. So uh, it's a very unpredictable season. And then at the top, the haves in this, in this class are the Chiefs, the Bills, and, and whoever from the NFC, maybe the Eagles, uh, since they're the only undefeated team left. The Cowboys kind of lurk as, as a potential threat. They won a bunch of games with Cooper Rush before falling to the Eagles. Now they're going to get Dak Prescott back. It's an ever-changing landscape. What do the Niners do with Christian McCaffrey now in the fold? I expect big things out of him in that offense, which they've been known to run the ball extremely effectively, and he is a premier player. So I think that's a great pairing. But what really it all comes down to is that we have so much more to still figure out, which is why we need to continue to tune, in, tune into these games. And, and we're not even at the halfway point yet, right? <laughs> right. Wait until the trade deadline arrives and we see some further moves. It could continue to get even crazier. Yeah, exactly. The trade deadline is November 1st, and you mentioned Christian McCaffrey now with the 49ers actually practiced this afternoon. Uh, what did you think about just the trade in general for both sides? For the 49ers, they get C-Mac, but the Panthers, they get a lot of return as far as draft capital. Well, I think that the 49ers are taking a little bit of a page out of the rival Rams book in that, look, we're not worried about giving up our draft capital right now if we think we can go get a guy who can make an instant impact. They did it with Trey Lance, and that hasn't quite panned out for them so far, but they're doing it again with Christian McCaffrey. On the Panthers' side, I was stunned they, did, they didn't get a first-round pick. Yeah, they got a lot of picks, and Scott Fitterer said today that you know the combination of picks basically equates to the value of a first-round pick. I'm not so sold on that, because <laughs> the reason you have a first-round pick is you're getting that elite talent, that blue-chip player in the class. And especially with the Panthers, um, you know, with the 49ers and the Panthers in the position that they're in, which is that they're kind of shifting toward remaking a little bit of this roster now that that rule is gone. You would think they'd get a first-round pick, but if the Niners can't actually compete, it'd be later in the round. So maybe they kind of even that out. I was just surprised they didn't get a first-round pick, especially considering that, you know, uh, Ian Rappaport had reported over the weekend that it was going to take an overwhelming offer to get them to, to part with Christian McCaffrey. And then they finally do part with him just days later, and a first-rounder is not involved. And this is also a guy that's under contract through 2025. It's not like this is a one-year rental. You know, $12 million a year in the cap hit, but... This is a, a premier player when he's healthy. And he's been healthy to this point this season, so maybe those injury issues are behind him. Just a little surprised by the return. Then again, if the Panthers do capitalize on those picks, it'll look great. I just know that in the past, these, t- these types of deals tend to favor the team that gets the big-time player because the draft is such a crapshoot. It's just so unknown. But if they were going to you know, shift gears as they said that they, you know, as they've demonstrated that they, I think they are, um, you know, they had to move on from McCaffrey, and, and they're just going to go by committee in a season in which I don't expect much out of the Panthers. I'm very intrigued by the fit with the Niners, though, because, you know, they lost Elijah Mitchell early. They were getting pretty good production out of Jeff Wilson, but their offense as a whole, not quite where you want it to be. They're not as consistent as you want them to be. You put McCaffrey in the mix there. Suddenly that offense becomes a lot more dangerous, and all of a sudden they got some weapons. They got Kittle, they got Debo. 
Now you got McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk kind of lurks as a player. And if Jimmy Garoppolo can get the ball to all of them, then, then maybe suddenly they got the punch they need to, to rise up in the NFC. Well, if all those guys are healthy, the Raiders will see them January 1st right here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium again. Nick Shook is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So the Panthers have gotten rid of Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson so far by way of trade. The trade deadline, as you mentioned, November 1st, that's next week. Do you expect to see any kind of other moves like a Brian Burns or, or someone else, maybe a DJ Moore on their way out of there? Uh, I could potentially see a DJ Moore situation. I would hope that for their sake they wouldn't get rid of Brian Burns. I think he's one of the bright young stars that edge rusher in this league where it's becoming increasingly important to have a difference maker at the position, I would hope they would hang on to him because he's a stud. But I could see the DJ Moore thing potentially uh, producing a trade. It doesn't seem like super logical right now, especially after moving on from Robbie Anderson, but they're not maximizing DJ Moore. They're not even coming close because that offense has just been stuck in the mud to this point. It's, you know, I, I look down their roster and think, well, maybe they part with Baker Mayfield, but who's going to take him? Uh, right. it, would, it, would, it would have to be a... a an extreme emergency situation in order to find a suitor for him at this point. So I think they kind of stand pat from here on out. Maybe the DJ Moore thing um, produces a trade, but even then, you know, are you going to get a return that's worth it? I'm not so certain. How big of a shift do you want to take as a team? Because Scott Fitter has been there for a couple of years now. You know, this right. McCaffrey trade, it, it indicated one thing to me, Q, and this, it was this. He's on the clock now. Like, as a GM, he's on the clock now because they've fired their head coach and they've traded Christian McCaffrey. You have to respond. You have to not necessarily pay for it, but you have to make good on that type of deal, which comes down to the draft. He's got to nail those picks. Suddenly the scrutiny is going to be on him more, not only with the draft, but also in identifying and hiring their next head coach. They cannot afford to miss again without completely tearing this down. And, and really, let's face it, above all, they have enough talent to be a good team. I liked the way they looked coming into the season. Baker Mayfield was a big question, of course. Mm-hmm. They just have not lived up to expectations, so he's got to be better as a GM. Yeah, they've got a lot of talent on defense, especially, and I do like what they've done, but they, like you mentioned, they weren't able to win games, and that's what ultimately cost Matt Rule his job and could potentially cost the GM his job if he doesn't get things turned around quick, fast, and in a hurry. Again, Nick Shook from NFL Network is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Got my man DeMond. Scott, one for you. With the trade deadline approaching, I know that Mike Gusecki is another player that the Dolphins have mentioned that he is on the trading block. Besides Gusecki, are there any other impact players on the offensive end that could be available during the trade deadline? Off the top of my head, that's kind of a that's uh, that's a bit of a uh, tough question. But uh, I mean, the Gasicki thing's interesting because you know they've kind of said, "Hey, we're not going to trade him. You know, we're going to keep him." But there have been rumblings that he's been being shopped for a while. Yet when you watch them play on a weekly basis, he's an important part of this offense. So I can't quite understand why they would necessarily want to move him unless it was fit. Now, you know, we can go back to the Panthers, and I think some of the lower level guys. You know, I know I kind of just avoided this in this answer, but a receiver that's okay. not getting any attention in that offense. I know. A receiver that's not getting any attention in that offense right now that's really bumming me out is Terrace Marshall. You know, he's a former second-round pick that's not getting really any burn until the final garbage time moments of these games that they're losing. They've opted to go with Shai Smith over him. I think he's a player that's got some potential, and, and there are other teams in the league that need receivers. The Bears being one. I can think of the Browns being another one. So maybe he's one that's on the block. I know in our, our article that we've got on NFL.com, we got guys like Robert Quinn listed. You know, he's a veteran on a Bears team that's bad, that's kind of not going anywhere fast. Um, and then you had the whole Roquan Smith contract situation earlier that sort of sorted itself out, I guess, or at least he just decided, you know what, maybe I should just go play out the rest of this deal and figure it out. So those are a couple other guys. Um, I, early in the season, especially going into the season, I thought that maybe Dearness Johnson would be the guy who was forced out just by sheer numbers, just because the Browns drafted Demetric Felton last year. They've got him kind of listed as a receiver, but he's still running back receiver kind of hybrid. 
and then they drafted Jerome Ford. Those both of those guys are sitting behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. A Kareem Hunt, by the way, who requested a trade and then returned to practice a couple of days later. So I think that there's a lot of backs in that backfield. That offense is another one that's not really and they put up points. They've been able to put up points except for last week. The defense has not picked them up, but they're not winning games either. So I could see Dearness Johnson potentially being on the block. Uh, and then you got the guys in New York, the receivers, Denzel Mims, who requested a trade and it wasn't uh, fulfilled. Now you got Elijah Moore, who requested a trade and is not going to play this weekend because Robert Sala said, "Hey, I don't think he's in the right mind frame to go play a game after you know you decide that you want to get out." So potentially there because that's a team that's also suddenly stocked with playmakers and they're doing a good job as the committee approach at receiver and running back, tight end. Everybody's getting looked. So. Maybe there's just too many cooks in that kitchen. They got to get rid of one there at the receiver position. So that's a group of guys that I think are potentially on the block. Um, I think a lot of this is going to be determined in the next couple of weeks, just how these teams perform, because we're kind of near, you know, there's so many teams with similar records, but we're near that breaking point where if they lose another game, you know, if the Browns go to two and five, do they shift, you know, another team, you know, different teams like that, do they shift their focus and say, maybe we should get something back for this guy? He's not helping us. We can get some value and spend it in the future and kind of keep this team younger and, and add some talent that way. So I think this next week is going to help us continue to figure things out. And the last guy on the list, I think, because of uh, the way that uh, Greg Dulcich played in his first game at tight end for the, for the Broncos and because Albert, Albert O, as we know him, because he's got a very long last name. Yeah, he does. To pronounce. Uh, Okubunum, I think is what it's called, or, you know, however you say it. Uh, I think he could be on the block, too. This is a guy that was expected to contribute in that offense wasn't even active last game. They had four right. tight ends. He was not active. I think that could be a guy that people could target. So a lot of this is going to get figured out, though, I think, by how teams perform in the next 10 days. No doubt. Again, the NFL trade deadline is November 1st. Uh, Halloween is obviously next, uh, what, next Monday or the Monday afterwards, whatever the case may be, right around the corner. And so uh, November 1st is there, and that's when the trade deadline. Again, we're talking with Nick Shook. He covers all things NFL. And so, Nick, let's bring it close to home now. Uh, how surprised are you? You started this thing off talking about the has and the has-nots and the haves and the have-nots, and the Raiders are 1-4, and four, and they have. They have a lot of talent, but they have not won a lot of games. They've only won one. How surprised are you by the struggles that the Raiders had through the first five games of the season? Q, this is the best one in four team in the history of football. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is a team that should have won in week two. They had a chance to win in week one. They had a chance to win in week three. They had a chance to win in week five. They've had a chance in every single game that they've lost. Yep. The only game they win is over the Broncos, which I thought was a pretty resounding victory. I, you know, I think it's a case of a team with a new head coach that's kind of putting his stamp on the program and, and it hasn't quite taken yet. Um, and also a team that has maybe mismanaged some games. I thought he overly, uh, he was too aggressive in that Kansas City game, which feels like ages ago. It was 11 days ago. Right. Uh, I thought he was, he was just way too aggressive in the way that he coached there. You don't need to go for two when you score that touchdown late. You, there's just a number of things that you don't need to do. But I think he's going to learn as he's back in the head coaching role for the first time in over a decade. They have talent, too. You know, we talk about teams that have talent that aren't producing. The Raiders have a ton of talent. I also like the way their schedule sets up. You get Houston, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Denver. Those are all winnable games for this team. I think they could very easily suddenly find themselves at 6-4 and four by the time that you get close to Thanksgiving. Uh, in fact, if you look at the rest of the schedule, you go Seattle, both L.A. teams, New England, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Kansas City. I only see man, three or four tough games in that entire group. So uh, they could turn this around. One and four, the odds are not in their favor, historically speaking, for making the playoffs, but they got enough talent. they just got to figure out the little things that haven't gotten them over the hump right now. And you hope that they use the bye week to their advantage and then get off to a better start this weekend uh, against Houston. 
you know, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about next was that stretch because a lot of folks, including myself, have said, hey, this is an easier stretch of the schedule, even there's no real easy game in the NFL, but it's an easier stretch. So how do they maintain that? How do the players maintain the, okay, one game at a time approach, but at the same time, this is when we could take advantage and really uh, get back into the season that looks like it was lost through the first five weeks? Well, I think, you know, when it comes to the mindset, when you're one and four, all you can focus on is the game ahead. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're, you're five and one and you're rolling and you're like, we're looking to the playoffs. You just got to go win a game. And, mm-hmm. and I think they're close. You know, a lot of these games, they've been really close and they just haven't finished them off in the way that they want to. Kansas City being one, Arizona being another one. And I guess even the Chargers, but week one is always a little bit wacky. So, you like that the margin of, of defeat is not very big. They've been in all of these games. It's just a matter of consistency and figuring out the little things to get over the hump. And I do like the fact that they had that early bye because it could allow them to fine-tune some things, get a little bit of rest, get your mind reset, then go play a Houston team that is clearly struggling that I think is probably the best team that you want to play coming out of the bye. If they can get a win there and do a lot of the things that they need to do correctly the right way, you know, a little bit of a roll. You, you face the Saints. You got some questions at quarterback. You know, is Jameis Winston going to be healthy enough to play? Andy Dalton put on a clunker last night. And you get Jacksonville. It's kind of lost its way. Indianapolis, fifth in the league in passing, but can't put points on the board to save their lives. Those are all games in which just the little things done right will push you to victory. It's not like you're playing the Chiefs again. That comes later in the season. So I don't think they're that far away. And they do have a stretch ahead where, where they could turn their season around. And again, we could be headed toward Thanksgiving suddenly saying, oh, look, they're right back in it. Right. You know, granted, you got two strong teams near the top of the division in the Chargers and, and, and the Chiefs, but they could be right back in it before you know it and maybe put on a little bit of a, a hot streak, kind of like they did last season to make the playoffs. Nick Shook is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. I wanted to ask you about the division because, again, we went into the season. I remember talking to you right there at, uh, in Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame game, thinking that the AFC West was going to be a juggernaut and to be the best division in football. It has not been that. How much of an advantage is that for the Raiders, who obviously have struggled to start off, that because it's not that juggernaut, they're still in the mix? Well, it's an interesting division now because the Chiefs look really good. They look better right now than they did last year, and I expect them to win the division. But the Chargers are a bit of a question mark Mm -hmm. because they haven't had Keenan Allen for most of this season, and you saw what happened when they played a Denver defense that's very good. Their offense is terrible, but their defense is very good. And you take away Mike Williams, and suddenly they can't move the football and put the points on the board that they're used to putting on the board. they got a negative uh, scoring differential right now as it stands. So you got those two teams where, one, you know it's going to be good. They're going to be tough, but you played them really tough at their place in a primetime game, so you feel confident about that going into the rematch. You have the Chargers, who you think you can beat as well. Denver, you could probably just outscore. You, that was your only victory, and I thought you looked like the dominant team in that. So even though you're one in four, you know you're kind of bummed that you're one in four. But it's also kind of good that the division's not quite as strong as you anticipated, right. and that there's room for you to to make up some ground. The only thing now, though, is you can't afford another bad loss. You can't afford a loss where you give up. You know, you let Kyler Murray get eight plays near the goal line to tie the game up and send it to overtime, and then you lose on a walk-off fumble return. You can't afford that in the next month. No. You have to go out and win those games and get yourself closer to 500 and then get going. Uh, Nick, I, you, you can't have that kind of a game where I'm in the building and have to witness that again either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for your eyes. <laughs> right. No, that was that was rough. I mean, just you explaining it right now, I just thought in my mind, oh, that was a rough Rough day at Allegiant Stadium. So, yeah, uh, let's not see any more of those. But uh, fantastic stuff, as always, my man. What do you got coming out on NFL.com uh, that we ought to be on the lookout for? 
Well, we roll with some underdogs this week, you know, picking four underdogs that I think have a chance to, to upset their opponent. That's up there right now, NFL.com slash underdogs. All the other regular coverage you can find at NFL.com slash shook, stuff that's written by me. I'm actually writing up something about Christian Caffrey speaking in his first press conference as a 49er right now. And, of course, you got game coverage. It's it's nonstop. It's all around the clock. We got some feature content coming on the esports side of things as well. So I'm all over the place. Just just head there for all of it. Nice. No, you know we will, man. And I always appreciate catching up with you. Great stuff as always. Again, it's only week seven. Got a lot of football still to be played, but we definitely appreciate you, my man. We'll catch up soon. Yeah, anytime, Q. Thanks. All right, thank you. There he goes, Nick Shook, NFL Network. You can find his work on NFL.com. Does a fantastic job. We definitely appreciate him this afternoon here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Make sure you come on by, say what's up. We got all kind of stuff for you. We're at the Galleria Mall. We got jerseys. We got T-shirts. We got cups, koozies, glasses, hats. I mean, I feel like I'm uh, talking about lions, tigers, and bears, oh, my, and all that good stuff. We have it all, and we have it here for you. Come on by, say what's up, and we got you. 248 is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot. 617 Mall Ring Circle, Galleria Mall. You cannot miss us. My man Vegas Pete just came by and said what's up. Got hooked up with a Raider jersey just by coming by and saying what's up, shaking my hand. It's all good. We're trying to get you laced up. We've got Raider Nation Radio Cups. We've got the koozies. We've got the glasses, the, the pint glasses, courtesy of Coors Light. We've got the onesie. Damon, they don't make it an extra small. I can't, I can't save you a onesie until they start giving it to us an extra small, man. These are, these are big onesies, man, so I, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you. By I can roll you. up the sleeves. I mean. <laughs> you have to roll up the sleeves and the legs. <laughs> you know what would be funny is if you made a onesie and you cut off the legs and just had it like shorts, right? Shorts. Boom. There you go. You'd be a fashion like, trendsetter or something. You'd be you know? a trendsetter. You'd have to. We'd put you down on Las Vegas Boulevard and let you walk around with a a onesie short set on, right? Look like some of them girls on Miami Beach, right? They got them <laughs> outfits. I wouldn't got, go that short. They got that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you like to wear them tight clothes, man. You know, you one of them cats that wear them tight clothes, man. The the ones that uh, the, I can't breathe sometimes. I, you walk in, you got some pants on. I'm like, dang, man, you are you breathing in those things? So you never know. You never know, Damon. You never know how you might roll. <laughs> might be a late night on Fremont Street. <laughs> I, oh, that's, I, what, that's what you could do. You could be, you know, how they rent the little circles on Fremont Street and they go out there and they just do, they do what they do. I would, I would just be an attraction. Come look at me. What, what? I don't know. I'm what not doing. Ta- a, I don't. I don't have a skill. I'm not performing anything. Well, come up with a talent, Damon. You're just I mean, shopping me to stand there like I'm an oddity. Hey, look, man. You step know? right up. Step right up. <laughs> <laughs> look at this short man in the onesie. <laughs> you got a guy putting himself in a box next to me. I'm just standing there in a big onesie. <laughs> well, that could be the thing. Like, if you don't do anything, they'll think that you're going to do something, right? And, and then they'll just wait and wait, and maybe they'll just hand you money and think, okay, he's not going to do anything. He won't perform until we give him some money, and then you get some money, and you still just stand there. That hey, look, man, it's a lot of. You can make a lot of money for doing a little. It's abstract. There it's you what go. you want it to be. Exactly. Exactly. You've got to be able to appreciate what's going on right now. Well, what's going on? I mean, nothing. But still, I mean, you've got to be able to appreciate that there's – there you go. Hey, that's a business adventure, man. And if I'm you don't up, like it, you just don't get it. Exactly. Yeah, see, it's, it, that's a you problem. You don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> this is Damon in a onesie, short dude in the circle on Fremont Street. Boom. 
There it is. Man, I got the business adventure planned out. Well, I'll say one thing. You didn't get some money, but you did get hooked up a little earlier. I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings, but you got the plug in studio, man. Talk about it to us. Joe's Seafood, Prime Steak and Stone Crab Cue. They hooked it up with a nice little rigatoni pasta, some wow. bell peppers cut up in it, and also some grilled chicken on the side. So, you know, I doubled up on the protein, really put in up. And I also... I had the salad as well, you know. Can't, nice. I got the pasta and protein. Also, had to indulge in the salad. I really liked the dressing that they had. I didn't get the name of the actual dressing, but boy, that was good too. Nice. I'm not heavy on on dressing for a, dressing for a salad, but I was like, man, this is some good stuff. And also the pie. Now nice. it was just a fudge pie. Okay. The pies that they always give us. I don't care if it's the pie or the cheesecake. These are some of the richest desserts. I know yeah, people say the cheesecake factory. Nah, yeah. nah, 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 nah. Joe Stone Crab Prime Steak and Seafood. I mean, they got yeah. them beat. No, because the these cakes are, are just so good. It's one of those, like I always say, you take one bite and you're just no more, no more. And then you eat up eating a full slice and you feel bad about it because it's just so good. <laughs> well, I can I can back you up 100% on that. I am not a dessert person. You know that. But when uh, we went there and I had dessert, I thought I was only going to take the one bite, like you mentioned, and I finished the whole thing on my own. So, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're talking about. I did hate myself later, but uh, I, did, I did enjoy it at the time because, uh, yeah, man, that's just – you just can't you can't stop. You just can't help yourself. But uh, we got some good times going on here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Again, we're at the Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle. We'll be here till at least 5 o'clock. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'll give, I'll, I'll give it you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. We, we can, uh, hold on, I'll tell you in just a second. <laughs> we're, we're here at Galleria Mall. We're hooking it up. We're getting hooked up. We're doing all the things right here. Uh, and this is how we get down. So come on by. We got Cassie Soto. She's going to join the show next. She'll be on the phone line. She got a little bit busy, so she wasn't able to join us in, in person, but she'll join us on the phone line next. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.